What's up, guys? Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Alessandra. And we're here to evolve. So who this podcast is for, three main pillars that we're building this, this podcast on for health and fitness, business, and just life. Kind of going with the ebbs and flows of life. That one's a little more general, and we're going to share some stuff about things we have going on. But we want this to be for entrepreneurs. We have a unique perspective in the fact that we haven't quote unquote made it, but we've done very, very well. So we're not the billionaires. We're not the ones who have who are set for life at this point, but we've built from the ground up. We've basically doubled our income every single year we've been in business, and we're in a really, really good spot. So we have a lot of cool things going on, a lot of cool things happening. So our perspective isn't reflecting back on what we've done to reach the top. Our perspective is starting from the bottom, having a ton of momentum driving into this, and then taking you guys along for the ride, talking about what we have done and talking about what we are continuing to do to get better, to improve, um, in the health and fitness, obviously that's where our, our bread and butter is. So we're going to be sprinkling those tips as far as picking something that fits your lifestyle and doing things the right way and filtering through the bullshit. So those are the three main topics that we're going to be, be sprinkling in throughout these, these different podcasts. So if those are the things you're interested in, you're in the right place. And if you just like hearing us talk, we appreciate that too. But if you have not already and you're a regular, regular listener, please leave us a review Drop that in the Apple store, share us with a friend, it helps us expand this reach and really help this thing take off. So today we're going to dive into some things that you may not have anticipated would be issues as far as why you're not reaching your goals. So we typically think about training, we think about nutrition, um, but some of these things are probably secondary in your mind, but really they're the primary hurdles that we deal with on a daily basis with our clients. So we're going to kind of dive into these a little bit um, and then kind of uh, correlate to what that looks like in, a, in the real world, real world situation. So to kind of start off with what I just said, training and nutrition, that's the easy part. There's so much that we have to sift through before you can actually have success prior to that that really becomes the issue. So we're talking about things like mindset, adherence, consistency, balancing goals with life, dealing with unsupported people, relationships with food, believing in yourself. So just things that you would think would be automatic, but honestly, those are the hurdles that we work with clients on for the duration of, of all of our, our memberships that they're, that they're on with us. So it's, it's not like we talk about it once and then that's it. We bring it up. It's a quick fix. It's not the training part, the nutrition part, that stuff's pretty easy. The things that prevent them from being consistent and on, on plan are these types of concepts. Yeah. And I think it's a common misconception for people to, you know, we get asked the question, what should my macros be? Do you guys only do macros? And as coaches, I don't want to say that's offensive because I know it just comes from a place of not understanding what entails, I mean, what proper nutrition and training and all of that and having success entails. But it is a little bit offensive because we're not just human calculators. You know, we really want this to be something where we're working with you to improve your entire lifestyle. And that is way more than just eat this, follow this meal plan, here are your macros and follow this training program and you're good to go. Like it's very rare that that is successful for somebody. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, completely. And there's so many different layers to this. And that's why we say training and nutrition is easy because when your training is on point, when you're doing it consistently, you're pushing yourself hard and nutrition is on point, you're following the numbers, you're consistent with that. Good things always happen. It, it really is that simple. I'm, I'm making it seem over, oversimplified. But it really is that simple. When you're on point, you're going to progress. Strength goes up, body fat goes down, muscle gets increased. So those are the easy parts. 
So when we talk about these other things, those are the the lifelong hurdles that you were brought up a certain way or you've been instilled in this mindset for so long and these habits for so long. We have to break those. We have to break those down, figure out what triggers those and reshape those things to get you to a point where you can stay on plan. So just starting with mindset, this really is a daily interaction with our clients. It's one of the main focuses of every single check-in. It's just developing that mentality to do- to dominate you know, we're talking about confidence. We're talking about perseverance. We're talking about an interest in what you're doing and an interest in that growth. So one of our main questions is, you know, explain your why. What's your deeper why? Evaluate via the root cause analysis where you say your goal is X, Y, and Z, and you ask yourself why until you get to that deeper root um, for the actual reason for why you want to do something. So by doing this, we can see where those those things are coming into play and, and you know, where we're kind of struggling. So if you're doing things on a surface level, where you know I want to lose X amount of weight, whatever that is, you're only focused on losing that that weight, completing that objective. But if you're not finding interest in learning and growing from the process, then once you do hit that that goal, which you probably will if you follow this to a T, you're still not going to be satisfied. Yeah, a lot of people tend to only have those physical or aesthetic or numbers based goals, which is fine. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. We fully support any goals that our clients have, but we also want to encourage our clients to find that deeper why and also make sure you're pairing the more aesthetic based goals with something else too. So it's not just solely focused on how do I look on the outside? Because this all goes so much deeper, literally, um, to your to your inside and to your inner core and to who you want to be as a person and it's not just about the how you show up on the outside or achieving those goals because if you just focus on that and you don't have that inner why attached to it you're going to feel really empty when you do achieve them and it's going to be something where you achieve them and then you're like okay well what's next what can I focus on next what what's the next outer goal I can have and eventually you get to a place where it's like you start to run out of things to focus on or you just get bored of always focusing on hitting a certain number on the scale or hitting a certain pound on the bar or hitting, you know, a certain aesthetic based goal. So it's really, really important to try to just fine tune and figure out for yourself what your what your why is. And not to minimize the impact of achieving an aesthetic goal, but just for the label aspect of it, let's call that superficial. So the weight is a superficial goal. The image you want to see is a superficial goal. So getting more out of that, and again, we're still striving for those things. Those are still okay. But getting to a deeper level to those points allows you to take more from it. So just to kind of give you an example and a totally different thing, um, the book I'm reading, it's talking about improving for yourself. So this chapter was basically one of the examples he used was your relationship isn't going great. So you want to do all these things to improve your relationship. But if you fail and your relationship doesn't improve, you end up breaking up, you're going to consider that all wasted time, all that effort that you put into becoming better for these things. You're not going to appreciate the value in that. So if you say, I want to get better at, I want to be a better listener. I want to ask more questions. I want to be calmer. I want to care more. If you do these things for yourself and your relationship improves as a byproduct, fantastic. If it doesn't improve, you still got the value in improving yourself as a human being. So not to say that it's a non-human goal to want to look better and feel better. Obviously, those are things that are just going to be, be the case. But by getting more out of the process, 
you're taking more from those lessons. You're applying those in more situations and more areas. And then it's not just, I hit a goal. I still don't look how I want to. So I'm not happy. It's I achieve this goal. I feel really good about it. And now I can move forward knowing that I do have the strength and the capacity to do all these different things. Yeah. And I find that just in my experience as a coach and working with hundreds of clients over the years, the people who have the most success are the people who are are open to switching their perspective around certain ideas and they're not in this fixed mindset where they get stuck in certain ways or they think their way is the right way or um, you know they are they're only focused on what they came in focused on and they're not open to growing and learning and evolving Um, so the people who reach the goals but also sustain their goals long after they're done with us are the people who are open and they're open to growth and they're open to understanding their inner self and understanding you know different phases of dieting in life and just how this all is kind of interconnected so I I just wanted to throw that out there because I think that sometimes we we limit ourselves um, and we have this idea of who we are and we feel like we're stuck in these certain ways but when you're open to change and you're open to viewing things in a different way you're going to get so much more out of it you're going to just be more confident and you're going to reach the the goals that you have set for yourself that's huge as far as growth mindset versus closed mindset. And we actually had these conversations with new clients who were kind of opposed to doing things in new ways. And one of the first questions I throw at them is, okay, well, why did you hire a coach? If things were going so well for you previously, which they weren't because we've understood, you know, the background a little bit, gone through the history and they came to us for a reason, you know, why are you here? And if you want to continue doing those things, why are you expecting to achieve different results? You just want me to tell you to do what you've already been doing, but that's not what you came here for. That's that's not going to derive anything differently. So it's about hammering home, creating that growth mindset, and allowing these things to evolve as they naturally do throughout the course of your life. Um, so the next big piece of this is adherence. So obviously picking a plan that you can't adhere to is just, it's an it's a, it's a equation for failure. It's a recipe for failure. So that's why we talk about, and I just had a post about this recently, you know, the plan that you choose shouldn't have an expiration date. This is a lifestyle that you're choosing. This should be implemented for your lifestyle. If you enjoy it, you feel really good doing it. That's the one you want to roll with. Yeah, I think I, I think I've mentioned this in a few episodes here recently, but you know, it can be really exciting and fun to see your favorite fitness influencers or people you follow, or maybe people just at your gym doing this new program and it's this shiny new toy almost. Um, but let's say this program that they're doing is six days a week and the sessions are like two, two and a half hour long sessions. For most people, that's not going to be something that they can adhere to when they have kids or they have a job and they have all these other things that they're doing in their life. So implementing some type of plan, and this goes for both the nutrition and training and just, you know, overall health. It's so important because if it's not something you can be consistent with and adhere to, you're not going to see progress and you're not going to see the progress that you want to see out of it. So why not just do something that might be a little bit less than what that other person is doing. But if you're doing it to your full capacity, you're going to still get results from that. There's a whole lot of sexy marketing on social media. You're going to see the movie star, your reality star, your athletes pumping out X, Y, and Z. But you have to understand that they're paid to do that. They have the time to do that because they're paid to go work out. They're paid to go hire a chef to, to cook them X, Y, and Z. So what works for them is not going to work for the vast majority of regular people. So making sure you find something that aligns with your lifestyle, the time that you have, the effort that you have to be able to put into all these things. And again, if you can do two and a half hour workouts for 
two days and the plan calls for 90 days for 120 days of that, you're going to get burnt out quick. You're going to be pissed off that you didn't see the results. And as that kind of continues to evolve, you're going to realize, oh, I'm, I'm burning out. I'm wasting my time. You know, this isn't for me. I can never move forward. If you choose the right plan to begin with, you can understand, yeah, I'm not going to look like whoever your favorite actor is overnight. But as you continue to dive into all these things and apply them over time, those positive changes do happen. So you can achieve whatever it is you want to achieve, but it has to be the right plan for you and your specific needs. And you have to be realistic with yourself, too, because I think sometimes we like to we have this ego and we think we can handle more than we actually can, at least when we're starting out. Um, But, you know, start with what you know you can do. And then maybe over time, if you want to add in another session or want to make your sessions a little bit longer, you know, this is something we work on with our one on one clients. When we fine tune their programs, we really make sure that, you know, we, we have that open communication and if their their life lifestyle changes a little bit or maybe their job changes or maybe they have a kid or maybe they end up with more free time we can cater their program to them and make it fit that current phase of life so it doesn't have to be set in stone from the beginning um, but you do have to be consistent with it you do have to see it through and you have to really make sure you're just realistic about what your expectations are no doubt and one of the first questions we ask specific to a training program is How many days can you realistically train? Not what your goal is, not how many days do you want to train. Right now, how many days per week can you realistically train? Consistently, it's not going to be an issue. I know I can get two days in. I know I can get three days in. Fantastic. If we go through an entire program and get through the end of four weeks, you always had an extra day. We can change that over the next program. Or if you started off, things change. You got to scale it back, go from five to four, four to three, whatever it is. The most important thing is that you can maintain this over the longer term. That kind of leads us into the next... um, area of discussion, consistency. So what's the difference between consistency and adherence? Adherence is your ability to adhere to the plan, to maintain that plan. Consistently, Consistency is how often you can maintain that plan. So can you do it at all? Adherence, how often can you do it? Consistency. So kind of diving back to the previous example, can you do those two and a half hour workouts once a month? Maybe. Is that realistic for you to maintain in a more frequent setting? Probably not. So picking those 45 minute sessions that you can get for five days in a week that improves your consistency, which is going to improve your results over time. Yeah. Another, another area we see people lack consistency is sometimes, you know, let's say we're working with a nutrition client and they're doing their own thing for training. They're kind of just cherry picking Instagram workouts and they're following what they think is progressive overload and they're trying to put it together in a program. But every month or every other month they're doing something completely new and different and they're just kind of program hopping or maybe they're not even finishing out the first program they started so you really have to finish things through and be honest with yourself too as far as how consistent you're actually being and we like to reflect on this with our clients too and we go back and we kind of look and see you know how many days of training did you skip this month did you skip any each week and a question that comes up quite often actually with a lot of my clients um let's say you do miss a a session one week and they'll ask me you know do I just start the next week fresh or should I do that session first and then you know keep going on with the program so my answer for them always is to do the session that you missed and then continue on so even if you're hitting let's say you hit your four sessions it takes a little longer than that 
one seven day calendar week, that's still great. You're still being consistent in finishing the program compared to somebody who always ends up skipping the last day. They never get that training day in every single week because they end up skipping it and they just start fresh because it's a new calendar week. So personally, I would like to see you complete a program in full rather than skipping to just because it's a new calendar week. Does yeah, that make even sense? Even if they go on vacation, my thing is always pick up right where you left off. So yeah. if you left off on day four of a six-day program, Start on day four and just roll those days through the next week. Day one through six, those are just labels. It doesn't matter. They all have to get completed. So if you leave off on one, you pick off, pick up off that one that you left off on. So very straightforward. And this kind of goes back into balancing goals with life as well. So how much is on your plate? You can't spread yourself too thin. Setting realistic goals and expectations is huge. Um, and you know, just starting with that first one, how much is realistically on your plate? Do you work a full-time job? Do you have two jobs? How many kids do you have? Are you obligated to do all these things after work, before work? You know, what can you do? What can you maintain for the long term? And that's kind of the the ebb and flow of this conversation. Is all these things relate to each other? These all kind of coexist in harmony because once you fix one, the rest start to get better. As you kind of tip off on one, the rest kind of fall off track a little bit. So balancing goals with life, spreading yourself too thin, what is realistic for you to move forward with? Yeah, and I think this is something you see sometimes with a lot of new personal trainers who don't really have kids yet. They don't really understand life yet. Um, I'm sure we've made this mistake early in our career, but it's easy to tell someone just to suck it up and get it done or just to do it. And they, they try to be this motivating individual for their clients, which I get. But at the same time, when you have a mom who has three kids and she's struggling getting all your workouts in or hitting her macros or she's she's expressing to you that she's struggling, suck it up and get it done is not what she needs to hear. She needs to have you help her figure out a plan that actually fits her life and is something that she can be consistent and adherent to. So um, I think there are times when those motivational speeches are, are helpful, but often, more often than not, a lot of the trainers, at least that I sometimes see out there in the Instagram world, um, kind of are, they're preaching to people who already have things committed and they're already motivated. But if you're with somebody who is start trying to figure out how to fit this in their life, they know that they need to suck it up and get it done. But no matter what they do, it's just not going to happen if their life is crazy right now. You can't create more hours in a day. So if they're not helping you manage that time better, if they're not showing you examples of things you can swap in and out or fit into a certain place, then they're not very helpful. And this is something that a lot of clients will come to us from previous um, less ideal situations, we'll, we'll, we'll just say. But we kind of work through it. And we're not cheerleader coaches by any means, but we're very supportive and we are very realistic with our expectations with certain clients. So when they say, hey, you know, I, I feel really bad, X, Y, and Z, I apologize for this or that. Like, listen, when you give me a bullshit excuse, I'm going to call you out on it. These are reasonable. Like, life happens sometimes. You get sick. Your kids get sick. You have to juggle X, Y, and Z throughout a certain day, throughout a certain week, throughout a certain month. Again, with the ebbs and flows of life, you're going to have your busy seasons. Understanding that, understanding what's real and what's not allows us to decide and kind of reiterate back to clients this is okay, this is a part of life, or you really need to bear down, you haven't been doing great lately and there's no reason for it. There's still ways we can manage this. You know, if you're, have, if you're struggling getting ready in the morning, prep at night. So rather than saying, suck it up, buttercup, you provide examples for how they can improve in certain areas. You have those conversations, you elaborate a whole lot farther 
so you can work with each other to develop a solution for your specific situation. Yeah, we're really big on working with our clients and trying to brainstorm how we can power through these different struggles that come up. And I think, you know, the common thing that we're looking for as coaches is, you know, did you do your best in that situation? Did you still opt to focus on something? Maybe you weren't able to hit your macros down to the gram that day, but you still opted to hit protein and called it a day. Or maybe you, you know, you were struggling with hitting all of your training sessions last week, but you still got out for a walk every day with the kids or something like that. So when you are putting in the effort in some way, we're going to recognize our clients for that. And we appreciate that. Um, and then we're, of course, going to see how we can help make them better because that's what our job is as coaches. But we're just making the best decisions possible based on whatever situation you're in. As long as those things are happening, you're in a good place. Um, another struggle people get, kind of bring up or we kind of identify as we go throughout is their circle, their inner circle typically isn't super supportive. So whether that's a spouse who just isn't on the plan or you know, they, want, they have friends who want to go out every weekend or throughout the week and, and things just kind of pulling them off, off track. So you had a post about this today. So why don't you kind of dive in on what you were talking about? Yeah. So I literally just shared this on Instagram this morning because it's something we see a lot. And especially with a lot of our female clients, they feel like they just don't have a lot of friends who are supportive of their goals or maybe their husband or their boyfriend just kind of makes them feel down and is like, why are you even focusing on this? But that that negativity and that um, unsupporting mindset comes from a place that makes them uncomfortable. So they're probably a little bit jealous and a little bit um, scared, I guess, that you're going to change too much and in and too soon and in such a good way. And they're scared they're going to stay exactly where they are. So it's not something that you're doing wrong by having these people in your life. Um, but I think it's also important to ask yourself, you know, Am I being honest with this person as far as why these are my goals? Having that conversation, explaining your goals, maybe if it's somebody that really is important to you. And if they still can't see how important this is to you, you have to ask yourself, are, are they really looking out for me? Are they really looking for the best for me? And if they can't support something that makes you better, you have to ask yourself why and you kind of have to reflect on it if this person is adding value to your life and I'm not saying <laughs> I wrote this in my post today, I'm not saying you know go divorce your husband because he doesn't support your fitness goals but I think it's definitely something to reflect on and maybe even ask him about um, and maybe you know it's something where they'll open up and be a little bit vulnerable to you if you provide that safe space for them. But there are a couple different situations to kind of think about when you're going into this conversation so the first is do they even know what you're doing so if you're not open and clear with your intentions then you can't really expect that full support and a lot of times people might be just be afraid to have that conversation once they have it the light bulb goes off everything's fantastic again they get an overwhelming amount of support that they just weren't expecting they were nervous about for no reason so they really were just borrowing worry for no no reason whatsoever the other side of this is everything is out in the open they the group does know what your intentions are and they just don't care. They don't support it, whatever it is. This kind of rolls into the entrepreneurial field as well. Mm -hmm. If you have people who aren't your cheerleaders, they're not cheering on every victory you have. They aren't happy with the successes that you're having. Those are people you need to cut immediately, regardless of who they are. If they aren't happy for the good things that you're creating, they don't belong in your life. They're, they're holding not, they're you a back. They're a virus. Yeah, they really are holding you back and it's it's something that probably brings you a lot of added stress because you're trying to make things work with this person that you thought you were very close with. But if they can't be happy for you making yourself happier and making yourself better, 
then why are you letting them steal that energy from you? I, I've been really big on, you know, focusing on where my personal energy goes lately. And, you know, as somebody who shows their life on social media, there are definitely negative comments that come about. And you have to be really selective as far as where your energy goes. Because if you're constantly taking in that negative energy, you're going to be putting out more negative energy. And when you take in that positive energy from people and surround yourself, um, what's the quote? You're you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yes, I think it's true. I really do think it's true because, I mean, even for us as an example, like when we started shifting our mindset and started focusing on growth and improving our business and our fitness goals and our life, we everything just kind of leveled up and escalated for both of us. Um, but there have been times where we've both been very down and dealing with certain things and it kind of just wears on the other person too. So, um, I know sometimes you can't control (laughs) who you surround yourself with, but if you can, and if you can make that cut and distance yourself from the people who don't add value or add that positive energy to your life, I think it's worth doing. Yeah. To truly get the most out of your potential, you really have to surround yourself with people who are better than you at what you want to be better at so very everything that you just said was was on the money but it's really a situation where if you have people bringing you down your potential drops the the floor is a whole lot lower but if you're around people who inspire you whether they're your friends or whether it's mentorship groups or whether it's you know a facebook community that you found or you know you're paying for a mentorship by surrounding yourself with people who've already been there done that can kind of guide you through those those things in a positive way you're going to elevate yourself you're going to evolve you're going to take things to an entirely new level and the opposite side of that if you have no one supporting you or bringing you down in a negative way then your floor just gets lower and lower and you're just really compromising your future and your whole situation because of simply because of the people you're around with regardless of what you're doing those things do rub off on you whether you realize it or not yeah i think i mean i think the next question we get about this is for the people who are struggling they ask well where where can i find people to surround myself with that are positive you just listed a couple things but i mean for people who are really in the thick of it and don't have that community what do they do where do they go there are so many there are so many resources out there right now so whether it's a podcast whether it's youtube whether you find an inspiring instagram page these are worst case scenarios people you're not actually actively communicating with one-on-one there are still environments you can find that you can submerge yourself into that are going to elevate your game so you know finding some people who are in a similar field they have a podcast they're they're talking about you know what they've done and the things they've done to build their companies if you're into into that type of deal or you know uh a realistic fitness inspiration where you have someone who isn't just showing you their washboard abs, you know, 12 months out of the year. (laughs) It's someone who takes you through the ups and the downs, the struggles, they show you those things. So finding the right people to follow in the worst situation is the best, the best case scenario. If you truly can't surround yourself with anybody, if there's no one around you to interact with, that's what social media is for. It's, it can be really shitty at times, but it can also be very uplifting at times. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, even if you're out and doing your thing, you're going to the gym, look for people at your gym that maybe you could connect with or just show up in the places that you know are elevating you, whether it's elevating your mind or your body. Um, obviously, you're probably not going to meet someone that is elevating you out at the bar or at a a nightclub. Maybe you will, I don't know. But in most cases, if you go to places that you want to learn about and that are going to help you grow, you're going to find like-minded people who are also there looking to make those connections. People have never been as accessible as they are right now. So even if you have to pay for a mentorship type of program or 
find a group that you want to join. There's an insert, not Instagram, but a Facebook group that they meet up, you know, in an area that you can get to once a month or a couple times a month or whatever it is. It's easy to find that. You just have to literally search it, put in your, your work and your due diligence to go find that group. Right. You have to be open for it open to it too i think a lot of people tend to be closed off especially as adults to making new friends i know i've been that way before um and you have to be open to accepting these connections and accepting these new people in your life and not being judgmental or standoffish and just kind of be you and be minded welcoming to them and be open-minded and don't be afraid to just kind of be the first person to say hi and introduce yourself and it could be a beautiful thing. So there's Absolutely. my there's my pro tip on how to make friends as an adult. <laughs> nice. Noted. Kind of tying this back into the, the health situation. Relationship with food. So this kind of goes back into mindset, adherence, consistency, all these other things. Again, they all ebb and flow with each other in harmony. Belie- um, understanding that relationship with food. And if you're fearful of calories, you know, you're cutting certain food groups. You feel like you have to do X, Y, and Z. This is another major mental hurdle that we have to work with clients through. And a lot of this comes up during a maintenance phase, during a reverse diet, during a lean bulk that they've never been through. They kind of need and they kind of acknowledge that they need. They just have this apprehension because food scares them. That's another huge thing we work on on a weekly basis with everybody. All the time. And you're right. It definitely comes up in the reverse diet, bulk, or maintenance phases more often because those are often the uncomfortable phases for our chronic dieters. So people who have you know, only been focusing on fat loss for years and years and years and haven't really gone through any of the other phases or given their bodies a break, it can be exhausting and overwhelming and scary to just eat a little bit more food um, and just hold yourself accountable to doing so. So, you know, I think that this, however, is the only way to really work on improving that relationship with food, though, is by, you know, coming at it head on. You have to eat more food and you have to push yourself and it's something where we're having the, I don't want to say it's the same conversation every single week, but there are times where we have to talk certain clients kind of off that ledge <laughs> often <laughs> because it's just something that is so new and something they have to be constantly reminded of. So that's where that accountability factor really comes into play is, you know, being there for these people who are struggling um, and also recognizing when it does get to that next level where we know they need more help. My hot take on that is, the people who need to reach out for coaching aren't probably aren't the ones who want to do fat loss or, you know, gain muscle. That is pretty self-explanatory. I would say the majority of people who need coaches are the ones who are fear, fearful of maintaining an increase in calories without a specific purpose of gaining weight. So again, that's something where a lot of our clients need to start there. A lot of our clients need to get there sooner than later after a quick cut or anything like that based on their history. But people are so apprehensive to do that and they're so fearful to do that. And even clients we've had come back to us because they're afraid to do that on their own. They feel good about a cut. They've gone, gone through a bunch of cuts with us. They feel good about comfortably going through a bulk. They feel healthy in their, their mindset and their situation to do those things on their own. But they're still so scared to do a maintenance phase because they don't know how to increase their calories in a, in a rate that allows them to actually maintain. So they think, oh, the scale goes up a quarter of a pound. I'm doing this wrong or I'm not increasing fast enough or I'm increasing too fast. Like there's so much going through their mind. They're questioning more things during a maintenance phase, which should realistically be one of the easiest phases to go through, quote unquote easiest. 
um, but they feel much more confident in a cut or a bulk. Yeah, maintenance is magic. And if you listen to the episode before this one, last week's episode about nutrition and the dieting phases, we talked more about the different phases and why maintenance is so amazing. <laughs> um, but the diet after the diet is often the most important thing. And my hot take on that is a lot of clients will reach out for fat loss. And then once they finish their cut phase, um, we've had this happen before where they kind of just are like, okay, I'm good to go. See you later. And it's like, you can't just end a cut phase and go off on your own without any instructions. We do try to help. That ends up being see you in about four weeks. Yes. They come back. Um, we do try to make sure we're educating them the best that we can, but our most successful clients long-term work with us through a reverse diet back up to maintenance or work through maintenance or end up doing another bulk after that. And they're going through those phases and understanding what's to be expected. Cause I mean that alone coming out of a cut can be kind of scary because you don't want to eat more food. Your relationship with food is, you know, you probably have been eating less calories than you would like for a little while to get the results that you want to see. So coming back up can be really scary because you almost feel like your progress is just going to go poof, um, which it, it will if you don't reverse back up properly. And if you don't get back to a, a sustainable intake um, so the diet after the diet matters and your relationship with food throughout all of these phases is really important to work on. And that's honestly something we'll take on, um, you know, sales calls with potential new clients and they'll bring up how they went through, you know, a cut. They did really well. They felt awesome. They looked great. And my first thought in my head is why aren't you going back to that coach? Like, why are you not continuing this with that coach? If this experience was so well, so great. And at the end of that sentence, it's, once that stopped, I didn't know what to do. We no longer worked together. She didn't tell me what to do next or, you know, he didn't tell me how to increase calories or he didn't know. And, you know, I did. I gained all the way back. So, so many different scenarios. But so many people come to us after having those kind of ties into exactly what I just said where this is the harder phase. Shouldn't be, but it is. Um, they had those successful cuts. They had those successful bulks. They didn't know what to do next because there was no offboarding plan. There was no transition plan. So they ended up kind of reverting back to where they were previously because they don't know how to do maintenance. Yeah. I think to sum it up, like Josh said, your relationship with food during a maintenance phase is it kind of just sets the bar for all of the other phases. And realistically, during a fat loss phase or during a bulk, your relationship with food shouldn't really change much. The only thing that's changing is the serving sizes of what you're eating, but your overall mindset in regard to your nutrition and to food should be pretty similar. And there will be times where maybe you have to compromise a little bit more and there will be times where maybe you can be a little bit more flexible. But throughout all of these phases, you should have a baseline and a healthy relationship with food to sustain your progress. And that's going to be that's going to help you sustain your progress for the rest of your life if you have that healthy relationship. Whether you're tracking or not. Yep. So the last one I want to hit on is believing in yourself. So I kind of made a joke about this on Instagram the other day. I'm not a fucking philosopher. I put out that type of content a lot though, but it's so important. So that's the foundation. If you don't believe in yourself, nothing else matters because you're not going to be successful. So a lot of the stuff that I put out there as far as mindset is kind of encouraging that self-confidence and that belief in yourself and, you know, going out on a limb and understanding you can achieve a certain goal if you're willing to take those risks and be consistent with that path you've chosen for yourself. So it's something where I feel stupid sometimes putting these things out there, but it really is a matter of reinforcing, hey, 
I can do this on my own. I can do this myself. I can. I may need help, but I believe in my abilities to accomplish this goal that I've set out for myself. It's funny because when you post the post that you've been posting, and sometimes I'll talk about things like that on my stories. Like we're both very philosophical and in, in some ways <laughs> lately. I think non philosopher philosophicals. <laughs> um, but those are usually the posts that people screenshot or they'll reply and they'll be like, I really needed that today. Or it just, it just hits hard to certain people. And if my whole mantra with posting is if I helped one person, then it was worth me posting it. Um, and I know I've been trying to push you towards that as well, but believing in yourself is key. And I think so many people really just hold themselves back and you are your biggest limit when it comes to reaching your goals. It's not anything else. And we talked about this in the victim blaming episode. I think that was number two. Um, I'll go back and check for you guys, but it's back there. But so many people, I see them just holding themselves back first and foremost. And there are other people out there who, who on the outside, it looks like they have all these obstacles and all these things happening in their lives, but they continue to push forward and achieve these amazing goals. And it's almost like, how the heck do they do that? And it all comes back around to believing in yourself. Put it simply. 100%. So quick little summary of what we just talked about training nutrition that should be the easy part you know there's so many other things that we kind of work clients through and when we cycle back to talking about the training nutrition this is the most simplest of terms and the most complex are what we hit on which was mindset the mentality to dominate the confidence perseverance and interest in, in what you're doing and the growth within that adherence your ability to adhere to a specific plan does it align with your lifestyle consistently Consistency, how consistently can you adhere to that plan? Balancing your goals with life, you know, making sure these all line up. Um, you have enough time for what you set out for yourself. You're not spreading yourself too thin and you're setting realistic goals and expectations. Dealing with unsupported people, figuring out who belongs in your circle, who doesn't. Having those conversations to begin with. So just not assuming that people are going to be unsupportive, but explaining your intentions and asking for support in that um, relationship with food, not being afraid of calories and certain food groups and just doing things the right way, eating in moderation and enjoying yourself, enjoying that balance um, and then believing in yourself. So making sure that you understand you do have the ability to achieve all these goals. And, and that's what it's all about. That's where it starts. That's the foundation. You cannot build from those things. So we appreciate you guys um, on Instagram. You can find me at Josh Skutnik. You can find me at Alessandra Skutnik. And then our 20 other platforms are listed in the show notes for you. <laughs> Simple enough. So thank you guys for tuning in this week. As always, we are taking requests. If you have certain things you want us to discuss on this podcast, shoot us a DM, tag us in your stories, drop a comment, whatever it is. We would be happy to take that into consideration. But we will see you next week. And we hope that you learned something from this.